and welcome back to the Football Babble. Uh, myself, Phil, Steve and Brenton here tonight. Hello, lads. Hello. Good evening. We we might be joined by Cousin Mud um, halfway through this. He just has an appointment there he's at and we're, we're not sure when he's going to be available. So I think he's maybe uh, postponed it. Seems to be the flavour of the month at the minute with Arsenal postponing everything and running scared. But he'll be on at some point. If he's not on tonight, he'll be on Thursday night, Babel, to talk to myself. Um, so we're actually going to talk about postponements tonight and what's been going on and, and how the Premier League seems to have fucked itself, really, with, with what they've been letting go on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Everton and the basket case that they are. Told you so. Nobody listened. And then we're also going to look at uh, a little... We're going to chat about Man City Um Ken Early did a piece today in the Irish Times about Man City, and I think it sort of resonates with a lot of us that aren't Man City fans, uh, that we actually, we don't really care about you, sorry. and uh, We don't care if your team's supposed to be a great football side. Nah. Uh, so we'll get into that as well at some point too. Um, we'll start We'll start on the the postponements. Uh, obviously, uh, Liverpool and Man United both had games postponed, haven't they? Uh, COVID reasons and different things, and uh, then it all sort of kicked off again then last week. Uh, Liverpool had asked for the first leg of the League Cup to be postponed, and it was, and then Arsenal um, asked for their league game with Spurs then after the first leg was played to be postponed at the weekend, and possibly now they're not going to be able to fill this fixture on Thursday night uh, against Liverpool in the return leg semi-final of the League Cup. Brenton, I'll let you go first, and Steve, you can jump in. Not this isn't just about Arsenal; it's just about the postponements in general. Before we talk about this, and have we have we played with Arsenal? Um, what do you make of all this? Because obviously Chelsea aren't allowed to postpone any games; you just have to keep playing regardless. It seems. So, what what do you make of all this? And do you, th- do you think the league has to now admit that they've made a complete balls of this and stamp down on it? And let's just get the games played. I really wanted to just be about Arsenal, but. Um... <laughs> We'll get there. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, we can joke and, and stuff about Arsenal, but it's not uh, teams' faults at all. Um, I think it was Didi Haman came out maybe today and said, like, in the Bundesliga, um, they're playing games no matter what. I think Bayern had a, a bench of all youth team players um, in the last couple of weeks at one of their games. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's hard not to come from a bad standpoint when I think Chelsea had like eight or nine players out at one point and weren't allowed to postpone their game. And the thing for me is, is the, you know, you don't know what constitutes a game being called off and what doesn't, like what the specific rules are. Like you, I still, I mean, I've looked for it. Um, you definitely, you see and hear different things um you know week in week out um whether it be you know we're supposed to have 15 or 16 first team squad available or something um and then arsenal like only uh, uh, the complication with the two was obviously the afcon um players um from certain clubs are you know certain clubs are affected more by um the AFCON and then this also existing injuries thing that people are um, now bringing into it as well so it's I think it's just clubs now are pushing the Premier League more and more um, to see what they can get away with because the league have made a rod for their own back basically and 
said, you know, not every game that they have come. So, you know, why wouldn't Arsenal, if they have, you know, Smith Rowe and Odegaard and Saka possibly missing for, for the second leg, why would they not just chance their arm at it? Um, they obviously did for the Tottenham game and, and they got that approved. So, you know, why wouldn't they do it again? People have been giving Arsenal a lot of abuse, probably because, you know, they um, they were very loud in their response to, to Liverpool getting the game called off. But as I say, as much as, you know, it's annoying that Chelsea haven't, for whatever reason, been able to get games called off, um, I really don't think it's it's an individual club's fault, any club. Um, I, I think we would all do the same if we were in if we were in the position that they have been in and, and just try and chance their arm. It's the lack of like I haven't heard anyone from the Premier League um even, you know, be interviewed, make a proper statement on it. Here's the specific layout of what gets a game cancelled because of COVID. Never heard it once. Um so that's where the problem started and where it continues. It's still happening like it and you know, I don't know if they need to, because um, it's still going on. Like you know, there's still plenty of players. Also, it's probably another issue because a lot of players in the Premier League are not vaccinated, and I think that's um, contributing to it as well. Um, so we're we're gonna have this problem for a while unless they come out, make it clear. Um, this is the way it is from now on. But no sign of it. What do you think, Steve? Like. My initial thoughts, because I think the last time I was on the pod, I kind of said that, look, we need a winter break. Let's just reset everything. Give everyone the same kind of, give a level playing field, really. Like, Because at the moment, what you have is clubs who have played a vastly different number of games. Um, and like the catch up for some of those clubs, and especially clubs around the bottom who are catching up on games, like that's going to be really, really tough. Um. So overall, like my 95% of my blame would lay with Premier League because I think they could have made this a lot easier on themselves by just saying, okay, do you know what? Stevens Day, Boxing Day football, it's a tradition, but this one year we can we can go without it. Let's give everyone a week, a week and a half, and we'll reset in the new year. And I think you would have avoided a lot of this. Now, the thing about Arsenal is, like, <laughs> they're in this position because a player got himself stupidly sent off. They're in this position because they loaned three players out of the club in the same week that this fixture And one today. And another one today. They're in this position despite the fact they held an under-23 game with two full internationals playing in it the night before the, the game was supposed to happen at the weekend. So... I can't help but feel this is Arsenal absolutely taking the piss out of the well the Premier League can't say no to us. Um because you cannot tell me that a club the size of Arsenal cannot cobble together 14 players, even if there has to be an, a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old on the bench, like I mean, to 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 fulfill the fixture. So I think while the Premier League are absolutely to blame, and I don't necessarily blame clubs for taking advantage, I think some clubs are taking more of an advantage than others. Um, to the extent that, like, 
how can you loan a player out today and then say, actually, I don't know if we can fulfill our cup fixture during the week? Like, it just seems odd that you'd even like consider that they're that appeal because I think we're at a stage where you have to just play the games. Like, we're going to get to a stage where the fixture list is going to pile up so much that you just can't, you have no ability to, to play those games. Or you're going to do it with, like, severely injured players. As in, like, you know, exhaustion from, from those games piling up. So, as much as it's funny kind of now to slag Johnny especially, um, I think this could come back to bite Arsenal. Like, Arsenal are in contention for, for European football, for Champions League football. And... If these fixtures all start piling up on them, <clears throat> the gains they're making now with you know players off at the African Cup of Nations and players with COVID, like they eventually come back and will haunt them, I think. Um so there's only a certain amount of benefit to getting the games postponed, right? And but it's very short term, I think. So and ultimately, like football fans are the losers because we're going to get a much worse product. We saw what like we saw what happened when we played football in empty stadiums and there was games like every night in the week. Ultimately the product was diluted and the entertainment factor was diluted. And I think that's going to be the same um when we get to the end of this. And it's going to massively influence the title race. Not the title race, but the relegation battle I think in particular. Um and the, the race for kind of European football and Again, do you, surely we want a level playing field there and not, you know, one team or another having an advantage over the rest around them. It just seems seems weird to me. Burnley have I, only played <clears throat> 17 games. Sorry, Phil. Burnley have only yeah. played 17 games and Man City, for example, have played 22. Yeah, so like, like that's, that's really mad. Sure. And they, like, Burnley are trying to get their game called off tomorrow night as well, I think. So, yeah. And also, which I find ridiculous as well, which is another minor point, the five subs rule, Sean Dyche has repeatedly come out and talked against the five subs rule, and they are in a position, look at Phil sitting there with a smug look on his face. Um, but yeah, it, it is true. Like it, it, they're, they're just, I think at, at a certain point, if you can't fulfill fixtures, then you just get the points taken off you, you know, by a, a certain date. If you're, especially if you're refusing something like that, which is ultimately going to help, um, get the games played. So yeah, another minor point. But Burnley are what five games behind Man City, and it could grow more. Sean Dyche told Jurgen Klopp to get on with it at Christmas. Didn't didn't feel the need for a winter break. No, let's get on with it. Players are well looked after now. Sean Dyche says yeah. players are well looked after. They're fitter now. Their bodies are you know we should be able to go on despite like uh, Jordan Henderson and leading football players. Um, coming out and saying we're not being thought of here because it's very easy for everyone to just say, "Well, you're getting paid thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. Do as you're told and shut up." Um, but now Sean Dyke's team needs a game called off, uh, so maybe Sean should maybe listen to Jurgen and the lads, maybe and maybe not. He doesn't have to be Batman all the time, like you know. He can. It's okay, Sean, to admit sometimes when maybe things are a little bit tough, and you can say, right, "Hang on here, maybe we do need a bit of help." But I don't know. I, my opinion on it would be even like the Rapools when they asked for that League Cup game to get postponed. Um, I, I was like, flip sake, we're going to get backlog here. <laughs> uh, I don't want Liverpool to ask for any more games to be postponed. The team that played in the FA Cup can play, you know, a mixture of youth and 
and some senior players and squad players, you know, it's okay to go on that. Yes, we have three players away to the AFCON, that's fair enough, but that'll end in three or four weeks. So there's no yeah. no need for this to happen now. And even if it's the Inter Milan game, we have to play, unfortunately, Cade Gordon. Not unfortunately for Cade Gordon, he looks a great talent, but you know what I mean? Cade Gordon, Tyler Morton have to play instead of thing. Just play it. You know, this is it. Just get on with it. Like it's it, but I don't, I don't, I don't even understand. Like, like it goes back to the point I was trying to make. Like, ultimately, this is going to cost teams. The more you postpone games now, yeah. it's going to cost you down the line in terms of fixture congestion. Like, why wouldn't Liverpool or Arsenal put their under twenty threes out there? You know, their kids out. Like in a league, it's a league cup. Like, fair enough, it probably means more mm-hmm. to Arsenal because you know trophy and all that. But like, it's still just the league cup. It's like, the think- least important tournament they play in. I think if I think if there hadn't have been um a bit of a break an outbreak uh, or a bit of an issue with the under eighteens, twenty threes, I think Liverpool this is just me thinking, would have fielded some sort of a ragdoll team in that game and got it over with because they know what's coming down the line if they continue on in Europe and different things, they know what's coming down. And there's talk if if this Arsenal game uh can't go ahead the only break or time where possibly you could Liverpool get playing is actually the end of the month, but that's an international break, not for European countries, but for the South American players. And sure, well, Alison, Fabinho, and Firmino are, are in the Brazilian squad, so they'll be away. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if that game was called off on Thursday night, I, I don't know where they fit it in or what they do. Mm. Might be a case of having to move the final back um, to the summertime. Start at the end of the season, trying to come no. through. I mean, Chelsea are playing Chelsea in February. Chelsea have a game every is it three point nine four four point something <laughs> days? I think it's I think it is like three point nine or three point nine or four point whatever days it is for the whole of February. So because they're going to the World Club Championship, so like yeah, what an unnecessary going to be tired. That is yeah it. it it's daft. I think it's. I think it is time. I do. I think Arsenal are at it a little bit. I do sort of. I do think they are. Oh, at they it a little bit. Are, they are. And Spurs are at it too, which is makes their kind of high moral ground that they took on Sunday like all the yeah. worst. But. Yeah. Um. So look, I think hopefully I think the league will see it now and be like, no, listen, just just play it, just get it all over and done with them. I would say like. It's probably a wider conversation, and we could probably dedicate an entire podcast to it. But like, it does show that, like, say FIFA, right? If they want to make the World Club Cup an important competition, then put it at a time where you're not asking teams to like postpone domestic fixtures and things like that. Put it at the end of the season, make it in, or play it during an international break, a friendly break, so that players aren't committed to their country or whatever. Like, there are definitely ways yeah. of doing it. Um, yeah. But and, and likewise, like, is it was it Bilbao in Spain? They had to play like the final of a tournament, like a couple of days before they played like this year's version of the yeah uh, of the, like just completely insane stuff happening because we're two years into this and football authorities still haven't got their head around like calendars and you know you can't ask professional footballers to play every three days for more than a month like you can do it in an international football tournament and even yeah. then. By the time the actual important stages of it comes around, they give player they give people much longer time off. Like so, yeah, it's it's just frustrating because like it, it just I don't know. Like we pay a lot of money to watch Sky and BT and for Champions League and 
like what we're seeing isn't good. Like the, yeah. they're, they're, it's rare. I had this conversation with a, a mate of mine yesterday. Like it's it's actually rare that I sit down now and, and watch a football match that I enjoy because it's like a, I'm going through the team sheet of the, this team, and you think you'd know every Premier League football, and you're going, "Who's that guy? <laughs> Why is he playing?" Like it's, it's, uh, it's just a, like, and I, I hate to call it a product, but ultimately, I'm paying money for it, so I want to be entertained. Um, and it's we're not getting that, and it's really, really frustrating. And then to think that there's international breaks coming up as well, like that's the last thing any football fan wants like nobody nobody cares about international football i'm sorry not in the middle of a <laughs> global pandemic nah yeah i i didn't re- i was like uh i kept looking at the fixtures and trying to work out work out where Liverpool could fit the leeds game in mm. and i was actually looking around and thinking this could coincide with harvey elliott coming back and it'd be nice then his return game would be the Leeds game, you know, to get him on and on field and whatever. Mm. Nothing to do with the tackle. The tackle was an accident. Nothing to do with Stretch. Nothing like that. No, just to Harvey, I'll come back and here's the Leeds game. You're back. A reset. And then I was like, oh, there's a break there where we don't have any. Nah, it turns out the South Americans are away qualifying for the World Cup. And that's why there's a break. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, as I said, I hope, I hope the league gets on top of this and the next team... But actually, there's another point, though. Like, you could be facing a Leeds team in very different form by the time you actually get to play them than when you would have been due to play them originally. And, you know, the the fixture list is established for a reason, you know? Like, and all those kind of things. So, like, if games, say, for example, say what they decide to do is, all right, we're not going to squeeze them in before the end of the season, so we're going to have to extend the season. And we'll play the games after what the original end date of the season was. Just this is worst case scenario. Like you could have teams who, if you were playing that fixture in February, are fighting for their lives, but come May might have secured like their status in the Premier League for another season. Yeah. So don't give a shite. Like it's very different kind of like attitude teams might have by the time they actually get around to play the fixture. So but the league created this mess and so it's completely on them. Uh, another yeah. like add on to that as well, Steve. Sorry, is um you could be playing, you could be due to play Leeds. When was it? Um, I don't know. Boxing day. Yeah, so so just before January and come the end of January, they could have two, three new signings that they didn't have <laughs> yeah. on Boxing yeah. Day, and you could yeah. be looking at a completely different squad, maybe a game changer, a goal scorer. Um, you know. That's not fair as well. I, I mean, I, I can't remember who it was, but I, I saw somebody saying that these re um, refixtured games shouldn't um, have players who have signed in the January window allowed to play in them. But I don't think that's going to happen. But in fairness, it probably should. Yeah, that may, it should only be players who were registered with the club at the time the original fixture was supposed to be played. That would make perfect sense to me, but you're right, it's not going to happen. <clears throat> Like, yeah, I just don't see. I don't see it happening. But like at the same time, because I don't think Villa have any games cancelled. Or do they? Do they have one game that they had postponed? I have no idea. Who has Villa, they, hasn't they? Like imagine telling <laughs> Villa they couldn't play Coutinho in a game. You know, <laughs> I know Gerard dropped them anyway for his first game. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. Very. Oh no, he did all right when he came on. Actually, I thought. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I didn't see it. I don't remember the results. I don't want to talk about it. Oh no, I did it, and he was amazing. And I was on a train coming home from Belfast and roared when he <laughs> equalised. 
I would, I, do you know what? I actually I didn't see the end of the game because it was like uh, my 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 youngest bedtime, and it was like it's two 0 United looked comfortable. I feel like we're on top, but I thought United look comfortable enough here. I'll 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 do bedtime. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Literally, what before he was asleep, the the, the live score notifications had ruined, <laughs> ruined. What he it was inevitable. Like it was inevitable, he was going to come on and score. To be honest, so yeah, you could have bet your house on it, like it was yeah. going to happen. Um, so now I didn't want to have to talk about them, but Everton. Um, who who who's a bigger basket case? And sorry, cousin Kieran, uh, Everton or Spurs? Like, oh, it's Everton. Like yeah, it is. I think, like I think it is Everton because at least. At least Spurs are well run and they're financially sound. Like everyone can't even claim that. Like, um, like someone showed me the list of people that had to be let go from Everton to get Rafa in, and now he's gone after six months. Like, um, and then like, like head head of like medical departments and yeah, head, of science, head of medical, and... uh, head of sports science. Um... He brought a whole like sports hands team with him, I think, and who yeah. have now subsequently all left as well. <laughs> and he took <laughs> over. He took over the recruitment uh, himself and got rid of Marcel Brands. And then they signed two fullbacks he didn't ask for, and uh, that Marcel Brands had supposedly scouted. And uh, then he's gone. <laughs> and then the Sal Lugadine who. Didn't get on with Rafa Benitez, and then <laughs> sold him to Steven Gerrard. <laughs> yeah, sold him to Steven Gerrard, and then uh, left. Um, I my dad would me... someone texted me this evening. It's everyone's last trophy win is closer to the moon landing than it is to the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I know they're the people's club and all that, but. Jesus, people must be sick of it at this stage. So. Uh, there was someone that tweeted as well, uh, an Anfield rap uh, contributor, saying they can just rehash or reuse the Martinez banner out so they can call themselves the Green People's Club. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when inevitably they hound him out too, if he does, in fact, take over the job. But yeah, Everton... Um, right, so first thing I first say in Everton is there is, there is a great club there. There's, there is a great club in that, behind all that, it, the right people, there is. Um, and, and from living there for three years, you feel it like there is. Now, they're fucking insane, but there is. There's, there's a good basis of a club there. Um, but that's seven managers. I don't know how many years they've, they've absolutely rattled through. And, and Rafa was, was never going to work. And, and just as for any Liverpool fan listeners, uh, and Paddy especially, he's not on tonight. Me and my dad were talking about this on Sunday. He, yeah, we were thinking Rafa was getting sacked, and, and he did obviously. Like, how do you feel as a Liverpool fan now when you look at it? And when he came in, I was like, because he'd annoyed Everton fans uh, at the start, I was like, cool, he's annoyed Everton fans. I don't know why he's took the job, but he's annoyed Everton fans. But then now, like, because I'm not local, has it tarnished anything for me that he's been an Everton fan? And it probably hasn't for me. But if you look at local Liverpool Twitter, they're they're properly fucking. There's a lot of them properly don't like them now. Because well, it's funny because I, I know an Everton fan who has not watched a single game this season because he was disgusted with them signing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so fair. Like, 
So everyone's alienated, but it's, it's just such a bizarre decision. Look, Brandon, he's um, been your like he went to Chelsea, right? <laughs> After spending three or four years doing nothing but criticizing Chelsea, he went to Chelsea. He's obviously gone to Everton. He went to Inter Milan and fucked about there. He went to Real Madrid and he got boofed out of there as well. He's a weird character, Newcastle. isn't he? Like he, he did well at Newcastle now. He did he did well at Newcastle now? Obviously adore him, but. He'll take the Sunderland job now next. Um, but he, I don't know what you think, Steve. He's weird. Like, there's something there's, odd. There's something, there's obviously a, mer- a mercenary streak in him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, there has to be for you to take, you know, to, for you to have managed Liverpool and then to manage Chelsea and Everton afterwards. I think. There has to be something of a of a. It's all about me and you. My biggest issue was it like it seemed fairly obvious like five six years ago that Rafa's best years were behind them and football had passed them by. So like he did. He you can see it in games. Like if Everton start a game well, then they're okay. But he doesn't make any in-game adjustments that you go okay. That will change the game positively for Everton for the better never happened like every single time they were in any sort of a you never like there are certain coaches you know can make in-game decisions that would positively impact their team Benitez yeah. was never that coach like whatever um and what's what was it one win like kind of speaks for itself you know um especially with the bottom half of the premier league being so poor like to not muster up two or three wins even in that time it's it's pretty bad and like I don't feel sorry for him because like dude is a multi-millionaire many times over like because of all this the payoff he's gotten from clubs but yeah it, I think that should be his last big time job in football you would imagine I don't I can't see another kind of high profile team taking a, a, a shot at him he did the same um at Chelsea he didn't make any changes until it was too late um I know he won the Europa League, but I think that was more down to Chelsea's squad at the time, like the talent, um, rather than his sort of managerial nice. Um, I mean, <clears throat> saw a graph earlier um, from Athletic Journalist, can't remember his name, but um, Greg O'Keefe showed the. Sorry, Greg O'Keefe, the Everton correspondent. I'm not sure if it was maybe the same graph we're talking about. I'm not sure if it was him. The drop off in results and points per game um, from Everton and Real Madrid after taking over from Ancelotti, it was yeah. nearly the exact same. Um, yeah. And basically, his, his point was like, don't um, sack Ancelotti and hire Benitez because this is the result. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a sharp decline. Um, it was not a <clears throat> gradual drop off. Um, I think he's, I think Benitez was once obviously, Phil, you'll know, uh, um, really great manager, tactician, um, as you said, more than a man manager. Um, but I think like he's had enough chances now to, to kind of show that he still has that, which it doesn't seem like he does. He's not, a, I think we spoke about this when, when Everton maybe hired him, that he's not, uh, a modern day manager. I can kind of specifically remember having that conversation and um, the last couple of months is is just kind of proof of that and proof that he 
he's nearly too stubborn to try and change and he's too stubborn obviously to, to work with people who are already instilled at a club and who already obviously know the um the goings on and the workings of a club like people you would think you want to lean on and rely on um when you come into a new yeah. job he seems to isolate them and want to get rid of them which just is it just seems like the opposite thing that you should want to do um and you know he craves obviously um, he seems to crave like uh what's the word i'm looking for uh friction and conflict mm. Mm. you know he's like mm, so what's the what's the, the next job i could go to where i'll get into a row straight away oh everton do you, do you know what I mean? And like, I, look, I, I adore, I adore, I love Rafferty. This, I, I love them at Liverpool. We'll always have time for him. Would love to sit down with him someday and see what's going on in that head. Uh, I'd love to get him on this. I'll be unreal. Um, but the whole Everton thing, like, when, as soon as he took over, he just like, well, there was a great manager in there once, but Benitez at Everton now is this? And then you saw the signings, Townsend and Demary Gray. And like Demary Gray has been good, but I'm talking about. Townsend and Gray, there wasn't much, not a lot of money spent there at all. And then, then he brings Rondon back from uh, China, I think it was. And just thinking, like, what is going on here, Rafa? Like, this is not like, are you preparing for the championship already? Whatever, like, what is going on? You know what I mean? And it just didn't fit right. There's a couple of early good results, and then the drop off has been absolutely diabolical, hence why he is now out of work. Um, I don't know where um, he goes, next, Rafa. <laughs> well, obviously. Um, I don't know where he goes next. Um, Rafa, like, to, I don't think the, I don't think he should be in the Premier League. Uh, the biggest indictment on his reign was just how, how little he seemed to actually care. Well, he was like, laughing when Norwich scored. To I know he was always, like, really laid back as a manager, like, apart from, obviously, the facts um, incident. Like, but he just... he. He reminded me of, like a human shrug emoji. Like he, he was just kind of like, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like whether it was positive or negative, like he just didn't seem to care enough. And like, if I, I was Rafa, right? If yeah. I was Rafa, I would come out now and just say, "Well, I had my fun. I sold their best player. They paid me a lot of money, and they're going into relegation. And this walk back in Danfield." Bollocko with like a Liverpool tie on. That's what I would do. Yeah, Try and do something. To... Think he actually did that on purpose? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I know. I know. Uh, the, the, the Luca, the Luca Dean, the Luca Dean one um, was a highlight for me. To be honest, sorry, Everton fans, but uh, just for the club to back Rafa and sell him, sell him Stephen Gerrard, like it was just perfect. <laughs> uh, and from the go. But in, for serious on Everton, they're being linked with uh, Roberto Martinez again. That's really picked up uh, traction. I know Steve shaking his head with that marvelous beard there in the bottom. What do you I think? I just don't know why he'd go back. Like he's a cushy job with Belgium. Plus, they, um, they hounded him out. Oh yeah, they, yeah. they hounded. Him. There was a sit down protest. Yeah. Uh, this club's mental. <laughs> um, uh, to get rid of him, I, like my, my opinion. If they want to go in term, that's for that's fine. Go in term. I think I think they want uh, Potter from Brighton. Uh, he's not going to go now. He may, maybe yeah. the summer something might happen. He might go. Um, why? Why would he? I'd if it was me and I was Everton. I, why not just if you're going to go in term, 
just let Big Dunk stand on the sideline and do his thing till the end of the season. He had them in good results. He had them at least giving a shit. And that can that can mean a lot in a relegation playoff when you look at the the dung bag teams around them. Do you know what I mean? That can mean a lot when three or two three or four wins against those sides and you're away. You're you're out of sight. Well no the other thing else. is they're not they're not getting relegated though, are they? Because like we're pretty confident it's going to be I think with Duncan Ferguson three from, back three from in the Austin Hardy we've got some burning, you know? Yeah. Like so I think at least you can <laughs> I don't know like see if if my my thing on it is if Watford or Newcastle wins, say even this weekend and Everton don't, like that gap shrinks in half. Yeah. And then it's like, oh yikes, we're in trouble sure. here. So they have a chance. I, I don't understand why he's not Duncan Ferguson's not been mentioned. Rooney's being mentioned. I, I'd like Rooney to stay at Derby and see what he does there because it looks like he's close to he could pull off a miracle here and somehow keep Derby up. And I don't think he's ready for them. And then they should go, they should they want someone that is gonna come in and steady the ship. Potter, obviously, as I said, Moyes is being mentioned again. Don't know if don't really think he'd leave West Ham. Maybe he does absolutely adore Everton, maybe he does. But they should go out and see who they can get and properly give it a rattle, properly sort out behind the scenes as well. Because otherwise like, about Brighton though and, 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 and Potter, like Brighton don't even one more win than Everton. Yeah. It's just that they they don't lose that often, like ten draws, like compared to Everton's ten losses. Like, but they also play. Like, but they, you can yeah, watch no, that's Brighton. fair. Yeah, that's fair. You can't watch this Everton side. Like, it's they're they're atrocious. They were they were atrocious to watch at times. Atrocious to watch. Um, yeah, you can't I'd love them to go and get someone mental like George Jesus. He's also <laughs> Steve Lovin. He's left Benfica, and I go and get so imagine him in the in the derby against. Clop, it'd be fucking unreal. <laughs> it'd be unbelievable. Like, um, that's what I, I think they should go and do something like that. But I mean, if they go down, <laughs> they go down. Sorry, but um, I mean, I'm going to Steve's house to get very drunk. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you uh, two think. Yeah, the, the Newcastle play Everton on the eighth of February. So, <laughs> oh Christ, tonight six pointer on the eighth of February. A sixth pointer. That's how bad it's got. Jesus, they're in trouble. Bad, isn't it? They're that in trouble. Both teams are in big trouble. Yeah, um, nice to say about my team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really want Norwich, or um, not Norwich. Well, I want my Norwich stand up, but um, I really want Watford to stay. Um, yeah, me too. I think Burnley can go. I think it's their time. Oh, uh, Burnley can get fucked. If Adamita is leading the line for Norwich, then I want Norwich to stay up. Yeah. Did I, I, I think saw that's only beneficial. I saw a stat today, like, it was his first goal in, like, 27 Premier League games that he's played. But actually, if you add the minutes that he's played, it's, like, seven games. Yeah. They haven't really given him a chance. And, like, he's not, like, what is he, 23? Like, he's not young, but he's not ancient either. Like, um, Mm. I thought it was a really, really good finish at the weekend. And I thought he was unlucky not to score the week before. So, I think Everton or Norwich might give him a run. And you never know what might happen. They need goals. Yeah. Why they uh, ten goals this season? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, definitely. I, 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 Norwich staying up, Watford staying up, Burnley and Everton, Newcastle going down. Holy <laughs> ghost! Um, he's he, he is good. Like a, a um, he's he's kind of awkward. Um, but in a good way. Um, yeah. if that makes sense. Like a, a, the 
few times I've seen him play for Ireland as well, um, or you know highlights of him that I've watched. Um, he's impressed me. Like he he stood out. You know, sometimes Ireland like they're a tough watch. Like um, sometimes he knows all about it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he a couple of times has been a bright spark, and I I hope he he does get a good run in the team. And um, if North set up, that'll be unreal. Yeah, yeah, it'd be some turnaround. Like, um, like obviously I'm biased um, because I'm I have stated how much enjoyment I would get out of Newcastle being relegated many times on this podcast. Um, Burnley, I've no, no, I don't really care one way or the other. I don't, you know, he didn't have a pop at my manager the way he did at Phil's manager, so I don't have the, the invested <laughs> interest. Um, Wofford, like, yeah. I don't. I don't really like the ownership there. Do they deserve to be in the Premier League? I don't know. Um, so yeah, just for the just, chaos. Yeah, it, like it's. I do like the chaos there. Like I'm just the bottom of the Premier League is an absolute cesspit. Like I mean, it's just so bad. <laughs> Can you relegate four teams? Yeah, they should. Maybe they could relegate four. Actually, anyone below Leeds probably they could go five. I mean, <laughs> nice. Well, if you're, um, yeah, if Leeds are there, like. Throw them yeah, in. just tip them off the edge. Um, <laughs> the uh, the other topic we want to talk about tonight, obviously, was um, Man City. Uh, they, they won at the weekend um, against Chelsea. Pep buzzing because no chances conceded against Chelsea in two games or something. And he one really, he, he, sorry, one time, he really, he really made sure everybody knew one chance, one chance. Um, this city team apparently no one, no one, no one can match them uh, in a game in the league this year. I mean, I've seen, I've actually seen a few teams with my own eyeballs match them during games. Um, they actually had the win in the last like thirty seconds against Arsenal uh, a couple of weeks back because Arsenal more than matched them. Just, just one example, but uh, whatever. Um, as I said, Ken already did a piece in the Irish Times and stoked a bit of a debate, and then it snowballed as it usually does on Twitter and, and social media and the other people chatting on it and different threads and all popping up on this Man City team. And it's been mentioned before, like, they're winning, but, like, you don't sit down to watch them and think, wow. blown. I'm, I don't anyway. I don't sit down and watch them and think, this is amazing. I'm blown away. Not like um, that Barcelona side, or I've said it before, and it's at a, not a soft spot because that's a bit much, but that first Mourinho-Chelsea side, I was really impressed with a lot. They were just so powerful at times and brilliant, like this ruthless uh, obviously, Fergie's United and the Invincibles. People mention Klopp's Liverpool too, definitely, because a lot of people think they enjoy them because you don't know what's going to happen uh, when they're at full flow, certainly a couple of years back. But yeah, this this city side, um, I think it was a Gunner blog, uh, James had nailed it too, and, and I certainly said it as well. They're like, you don't hate them because you low-key just couldn't give a shit, really, about them. Do you know, it's like I know it's different for you, Steve, because you're derby rivals. The old city side, maybe the old city, you'd you'd maybe cared about more. But this city side, you're like, oh, did they win again? Or oh, they're on TV. Nah, I'm not going to sit down well, like, and play my side or a big team. I'm not really that bothered. Say, for example, like you know the the Champions League final. Like it's objectively funny that Manchester City haven't won the Champions League yet. With all the money that they have, it's not because mm. like it's not because of a rivalry that like I don't want them winning it. It's just funny that they've thrown all this money at 
at the sport and still haven't managed to win the Champions League. Um, but I think it, it reminds me a little bit like in, in Gaelic football with Dublin footballers. Like, you know what you're watching is technically good. You know you're watching some of the best players to ever play the game. But it's still boring. Like, something can be really, really good and really, really boring at the same time. There's almost, and but that's not what sport should be like. Sport mm. should be fun, like, embrace the chaos of it all. Like, you know, I, I've said this before, I'd much rather win every single game 5 4, you know, or sorry, I'd much rather win three games 5 4 if it meant losing, you know, two games 4 5 or whatever the case may be, than win every single game 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, like playing with no forwards. Like there was a great point in 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 Ken's piece today in the Irish Times. Like he said, like long range shots. Manchester City have optimized long range shots out of football, yeah, because they're not the percentage shot anymore. So instead of trying a thirty yard shot or twenty five yard shot, City just work it and work it and work it and create a different type of chance or whatever. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just this lack of joy in it. It's soulless. Like and they play in a soulless stadium. Um, they're run by soulless owners with a manager who seems determined to take any sort of um, what's the word? Not randomness, but kind of any doubt. Yeah, well, personality as well. Yeah, but like he wants to remove all doubt from from football. He wants it to be we are going to win this game two zero. The team are going to have at most one shot on target, and that's a win. For, like it was as important for him that Chelsea didn't have a shot on target in that game as it was that City actually won the thing. Like he was, he was gave equal weight to Chelsea's lack of chances mm. as he did to actually getting results <clears throat> against one of your biggest rivals. Um, and even and and that goes down into the players as well. Like you, the De Bruyne interview after the game, like where he actually couldn't give a shit, like. They had they had basically assured the title, and then you know they're talking about it as if it was just a run of mill run of the mill win against a run of the mill team, like, and I get that for City like they City probably decided like three or four weeks ago the title was done and you know Champions League is going to be their focus again this season or whatever like that's fine you, you have your priorities but for the rest of us who have to watch it like. Who, what neutral sits down and wants to watch Manchester City? And to be honest, it was a little bit like this with Barcelona as well. They just happened to have towards the end, greatest yeah. player to ever play the game as part of the team who could light things up. Um, it, and I don't know, it, it feels like if this is where football has got to, like it's a really tough sell to people. Like to, I watched the game on, on, on Saturday with my dad because it was just, it was on. And we we had this conversation like that. There's no fun. There's nothing enjoyable about watching, like at least with United, like as fucking batshit as they are, like, you, you can get results like the other night. You can get games like the other night, or at least there's goals. Oh, I much prefer watching Man United. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like that's enjoy- <laughs> like even for me, that's enjoyable. Like because it's like at least I know something is going to happen that I will feel something yeah. about. I watch Manchester City, and it is yep. it is like watching. I'll be a very expensive paint, but it's like watching paint dry. Right? 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Think, I'm sorry if that upsets the I think, four Manchester City fans on the island of Ireland. But like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say painters. I'm sorry if that upsets painters. <laughs> um, Brenton, I think you made the point in either the WhatsApp group or in a podcast when Messi signed for PSG that you couldn't give a shit about PSG and you wouldn't watch them. Uh, you wouldn't watch PSG. You don't watch league league on. Is it getting this way with Man City now? Do you think? Uh, yeah, a bit. Um, uh, I've seen um people in the in the past few weeks uh calling the Premier League a Farmers League, which is just objectively funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, because of. of also the amount of times that yeah because the amount of times that people have obviously aimed at at Liga um it's I suppose it's the uncompetitive actually <laughs> possibly this season is is the season where there's been a, a bit of a reverse in terms of um Liga like if you've seen a couple of results PSG have had um that you wouldn't expect um draws and um and defeats whereas man city never look like um they're gonna even draw a game never mind lose it um there was even as i was watching it the the i don't know how many city games i've watched this season but um i watched the arsenal city game and it's maybe been the best one there was even with that there was a certain inevitability about it that City were going to win it. Um, even though Arsenal were so good the entire game, there was probably just an inevitability on both sides that it's Arsenal, they're somehow going to fuck this up. And it's City, they're somehow going to find a way to win this game. Um, but it's not like, and like for years, like I, similar to yourself, Phil, hated United because. There was inevitability that they were going to score in Fergie time, um, or yeah. in the last few minutes of a game, and but I hated them because they were good um, to watch, and they I respected them more or something. It's really hard to describe. Like City, there's such and forgive the pun with the empty head, but there's such an emptiness. Um, just about them in general um that as you say makes you you not really care and it's kind of sad because they're they're running and individuals some of the individuals are just next level including de bruyne um and you prefer him it, it almost seems like these players have um as I said about a personality, um a, you know, flair and, and different things that you want to see in a footballer or in a football team when they're playing for their international team. Because at City it seems like they're just all the same player. Um or something like that, you know. Uh whether it's and that is Pep, like that is what he wants from them, like whether it's Foden or or Grealish or I mean Grealish uh, I think Ken mentioned it in the piece how um how a player last season that you know everybody was ranting and raving about how he could 
go and do anything um, on on a given weekend for Villa. No, he's, he's you know, I, I think Ken said he's a glorified ball boy, um, which is is gonna upset City fans. But you know, he he's just fitting into a system, um, and they've they've almost just stripped him back and taken away everything that people liked about Jack Grealish last season. And I think that's what City do, you know, to their individual players and, and to the team in general, um, which, yeah, I think makes for cold football. It's it's ruthless. Um, but if you're a City fan, I don't know, is it effective? Do you get enjoyment out of it? We, we would need to ask them. Oh, they they'll they'll never admit if they aren't, yeah. uh, because they'll be like, "No, nah, well, look what 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 we're winning." Which, yeah, fair enough. You've you've won the league a couple of times. You're on course to to possibly win it again this year, uh, certainly. But like, it is just as you said, it, it it yeah, it is cold. And again, they won't give a toss about that. But there isn't. Well, they say they won't give a toss about it, but the club that wants everyone to love Man City, wants everyone to be on the Man City train and Man City for to be it, same as PSG. Um, but that's never going to happen. Yeah. That is never, never going to happen. No, you're not going to get the universal love because of uh, who your owners are, where that money comes from. We saw the figures coming out during the week, how now they've surpassed teams now uh, revenue-wise. But that's because of owners' money. Like, you know, how could they report uh, lose money on certain things last year, but somehow make a profit? <laughs> and like for the football authorities, be like, oh, oh, there's nothing wrong with this here. Like, we'll just carry on. Do you know, so like that. That's and, and even Pep's a big, big bag of dung. Like, isn't he? Pep, Pep Guardiola is a big bag of dung. Like, let's, let's be honest here. Uh, he's great. Like, he he's done very well for himself in football. Um. But if he was a bar of chocolate, he'd melt them down and drink himself with a marshmallow on top. He would. like He absolutely loves himself. And he, this whole thing that he was going on about, the one chance, the one chance, the one chance, you know fine rightly if they meet Chelsea in the FA Cup or the Champions League and Chelsea win, that is going to backfire spectacularly on his hoop. Spectacularly on his hoop. And it, it's just really... I was listening to it. I had to unfortunately listen to it and edit it and record it back and I didn't want to do any of that bollocks with him but I had to keep listening to the interview and, and it just came across of like such an attention seek and grabbing moment from him do you know but, it's just they're 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 such they're such a weird case they are but that's why they haven't won that's why he hasn't won a Champions League without Messi as well like because he'll do this over the course of the season he'll be brilliant he'll be clinical he'll be cold and then he'll big brain himself in the most important game of the season. And ultimately it'll cost them, yep. you know, the thing he wants to win the most. Like like I don't think Guardiola will retire happy unless he can win a Champions League with Messi. Like I honestly think it defines his entire managerial and not that like it shouldn't. It shouldn't take away from all the things he's won, but it will. Um and it's because he he gets into it. He is so obsessed with himself and with perfection. He gets into his own head and he goes, okay, he's trying to play 4D chess as you know, when it doesn't exist, like, you know, we operate in three dimensions. So, um, like it's, but that's the beauty of it. But that's the only, 
the only thing I feel about Manchester City is the joy I get out of their ultimate Champions League failure every year. Like that is the only thing that Manchester City make me feel. They don't make me feel anything else. And honestly, like they're not an attractive club to support because I saw more kids wandering around with Manchester City jerseys in the 90s than I do today. Like who's buying a, you know, Bernardo Silva jersey, like you know, maybe Jack Grealish and Phil Foden because you know they'll be the centerpiece of England's midfield for years to come. Maybe it's different in 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 England, but like, I just like I just can't see the I can't see the attraction of a a neutral kid to go watch that. Like, no kid's enjoying that. Like, no kid is watching that Chelsea game and. The only thing you'd like to think that they take away from that game is, geez, Lukaku shite. Like, that's the only thing. You really, <laughs> that's your only takeaway. There, there should be more of a discussion on this podcast, and maybe for next week, of how Tuchel is handling in the game Lukaku. Tactically, how he's handling, obviously how he handled him flirting with Serie A game, we all thought was, was the way he should do it and was perfect. But how he's handling him tactically, Tactically wise at Chelsea, well, let me leave that and talk mm. to Brendy. And Brendan's looking at me here with absolute death eyes, um, <laughs> and where he goes with that. Uh, but like, how about so don't start other, Pulisic and Zayesh? One, of, yeah, don't play either. One of the other um, coaches in world sport that uh, dominated dominates the sport, but also like you always get the feeling Steve's gonna love this that his team are out there to entertain is Steve Kerr at the Golden State Warriors, right? So St- that, now, Steve Kerr, confession, or not confession, but Steve Kerr obviously loves Jurgen Klopp. He said it enough times, and that's why he wants it. So it's a wee bit different mindset than Pep Guardiola. But Steve Kerr is the, is, is the coach in basketball. Am I right, Steve? Yeah. There will be no question. He is he's the number one coach in basketball, in my opinion anyway, but you're obviously more learned than me. Because you're it's 20 older. years older. Just older. But with that, with uh, with that, like Brent, right, he, the Golden State Warriors always go out to entertain you. They do. Every game. Even even the clutch games. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, even Draymond, they're there to put on a show. They're there to entertain. It's not like a... It's, it can be ruthless with the threes, yes, but it, there is a an element of we're also here entertain and the show and we're also that's why a lot of people love the golden state warriors because they are such a team where you can sit there and watch them go this is this is brilliant and guardiola has this had a chance with this city side where he could have made them into a side where maybe not us like but people would have not remember people that didn't tune into football that much would have sat there and went look at this team they're just so entertaining so brilliant to watch but he he hasn't he's made them more clinical i wonder because it is definitely now this city say it's more clinical these last two seasons. I wonder if the two title races with Liverpool possibly set Guardiola off on this, where he's all like, I, I just want us to be ruthless, robotic machine, monotonous, just ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum so we can get away from a title race because it was so intense for two years. I think that's an element too. And like I don't think like I think a lot of listeners are smart enough to know we don't think that any single manager is going to feel like they have a responsibility to entertain. Ultimately, their responsibility is to no. win games. Completely yeah. get that. 
But what you the, the point you made is Jurgen Klopp showed, Alex Ferguson showed, even Mourinho in his first stint with Chelsea showed you can win football games and be entertaining at the same time. Like the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. What Pep has decided is let's take the unknown factors that come with being entertaining out of the game and let's just focus on, as you said, I don't want to be involved in the title race. I don't want to have to have my centre half score a world even 35 yards <laughs> to just about pip another team to a title. Like I would rather get this done and dusted in early April or before if if possible. Um and then I can focus on the Champions League. And honestly I think it all comes down to that. It, like let's the league is an inconvenience. I want to just get through it, get through it, get through it and focus on Champions League football. Um and that's to that, but like the rest of us are still entitled to say we don't enjoy what we're seeing. Like yeah. I said, we're either paying tickets to matches or we're paying subscriptions to one of the sports channels or both of them, or we're using illegal fire sticks, still costing you money. Um, <laughs> but like you're still forking stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. So someone told me about it on the internet. Um, it was felt. But like, yeah, <laughs> we we have a right to voice our dissatisfaction with what we see. Like, I enjoy watching Liverpool play. I enjoy Chelsea for the most part. Although the last the last six weeks have been a hard slog with Chelsea. Yeah, Ever since I called them the best team in world football. But um, <laughs> so you can blame me personally for that. Um, like, I enjoy watching West Ham. I enjoy watching Arsenal. I enjoy watching lots and lots of teams. But I never ever enjoy watching City, and like that doesn't. That's not any of us saying Manchester City are bad, but like automatically no. the reaction of City fans is, oh well, we're better than your team ever was because we got X number of goals, we got X number of points, and I said yeah, but like, what does it ultimately like? How did you achieve that? You achieved it by bending financial fair play rules by bringing in like probably the technically the best manager to ever manage well coach i would say sorry he's the best coach uh in football like it's not like you've organically done this like this isn't like years of hard graft like you know um i keep i keep going back to the the aguero goal and and that league title and like i wonder how much of a sliding doors moment that actually is for c like because everyone sees it kind of as a positive for City that like this you know this such a late winner the fact it was you know Balotelli who provided the true ball after being dropped not that long beforehand and you know the kind of chaos that was around that game and I wonder did it like you know we see that as like a last day league winner couldn't be bad couldn't be more interesting obviously I was on the other end of it like it was like horrible um but I wonder for like city ownership and and all of that is it like we don't want that we don't want like it to be left to chance to be left to a last minute goal on the last day of the season we want this wrapped up as early as possible and pep is the perfect manager for that and he has brought in like it's it, they're like it's 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 like identical players like i mean none there's no one player like you know, Ken, I think, on Second Captains made this point after his article today. Like, he said, what player do you have to take out in that Manchester City lineup for them to be a worse team? That you can't replace them with someone at an equally similar level. 
And like you can't that they're the only team I think in world football you can actually say that about. That like so you take Mane or Salah out for a long time from Liverpool and the replacement player just isn't at the level that you know at least or at least there is a player you take out for an extended period of time you go okay they're going to be you know you know objectively a worse team without that player so you don't have one like the fact that they can win a league title without playing a striker like it's just mad like it's absolutely crazy that they're one of their wing backs is their best players like are their most important player the focal like ken said it today with the greedish point like about Cancelo being the focal point of most of what Manchester City do. Like, maybe it's maybe we're just old and our ideas are wrong, but I don't think so. Like, I know what I feel, and I don't feel mm. anything watching that. Like, I can, it's it going, I said it at the start of the section. Like, it's like watching the Dublin footballers and Gaelic football. Like, you know what you're watching is good, but that does not necessarily mean it's enjoyable in any way at all. And that's not to take away from what they're doing. It's me as a fan voicing my concern with the direction that the sport is going. Because ultimately, all that does is, you know, sport is copycat. Everyone's now going to try and achieve, you know, that kind of... And I don't know, that's not... It's not going to be great, I don't think. I really don't think it will. Yeah. No, it's, it's like when Michael Schumacher was dominating F1. You're like it was when I started to fall out with it. Now I know Lewis Hamlin dominated for a while there until Max Verstappen won this year, which for maybe neutrals it was amazing because now someone else is winning and competing in F1. But I'll just use that. Did he? One you... <laughs> yeah, um, where he dominated so much and it was just like, oh, he's gonna win again. So I don't know. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of in West City is that as I said. You don't hate, not hate them like I just don't really care about them. I think I I don't I hate not that I hate but their owners like they're getting away with too much. Obviously we all know that. Um, but a lot of football clubs are even owners that aren't from that that aren't from oil money get away with a lot of stuff. We know what's going on here. So yeah, it isn't just them. But it's and I find with city fans is that they tell you they they oh we don't care. We know what we are, but. Oh boy, do they care how the rest of us feel about them and think about them. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the, the, the rest of the season pans out Premier League, FA Cup, and Champions League for them because they have a chance there to go and emulate their city rivals and uh, win the treble. Um, I don't personally think they will do it, but yeah. they have a chance to go and possibly do it. Um, one of the Babel members, he's not on the night, he doesn't think. He thinks a certain Liverpool side will catch him for the league, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not giving up any of those mathematically thing because I'd rather give myself the torture. Um, but yeah. But did you like the, Phil? Uh, probably talking to you, like because because of United dominance, like did you ever not, not care about United or did you hate them? You know what I mean? Or or you know, um, sort of in the mid two thousand. What do you mean? Chelsea did I hate them? I still do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's a different, and I'm pretty sure people hated Chelsea um, rather than were empty about them. It, 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 like when yeah. they were successful, it, it's it's definitely a different feeling um, with with a city side compared to you know the team. There's uh, nothing even, really you know, there. Arsenal with that in the early t- yeah. There's nothing like um, I don't. Uh, I'm not friendly with any 
City fans. Um, maybe because when I was growing up, uh, they were in League One. Possibly what it was then. Do you know? So th- they weren't as a thing. Whereas, like, when Finn or Miles and Teddy get older, they might have uh, boys and girls in their schools that are City fans. They won't. So they might I have promise there, you they won't. I don't think so. But, um, <laughs> do you know, that they might. There's a slim chance. So, yeah, I, I like, Manchester United were the such a stain on my childhood. Uh, but no, but there's respect there for Manchester United and respect for Chelsea and respect for Arsenal. Do you know, I, I think uh, for the other me, point, there is respect, but there isn't sorry, really uh, with Man City. Yeah, you I think right? the other point is like you know, United obviously had money when they were dominating, but it's the gap, it's the size and the gap between you know what United had and what the other teams had. Other teams were breaking the transfer record when United were the dominant thing. That's not happening anymore. Like Manchester City, like how much, how much is their team worth? Like. Do you know, like they, they have what the can't like again, and maybe it was average was it, 47 right? million yeah, pounds, like average. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I know, and, and, and look, I support a club that you know spent far too much money on players who aren't very good. Um, okay, name them. Like, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> we center halves, um. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I don't know. We're not we're not talking about United tonight, but um, it 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 that's the thing. And like, and I know people will say, well, Newcastle have more money than than City, and they just went out and bought Chris Wood, which again is just funny for the sake of being funny. Um, but I, I think that's where we like you know we all like the the conversation we're going to have this summer is. Well, if City by Haaland, it's all over. Like, you know, that's the league title decided in June or July before a ball has been kicked. And to me, they feel like they're the only club who can buy him. And that's where the dom- that's where the disparity is. Whereas, like, you know, when Alan Shearer became available, you know, the best striker in England at the time, the team with the Europe. most money weren't the team with the, with the most money weren't able to buy him and just hoover him up from everyone else. Like that's the difference because Newcastle were able to match the money or whatever at the time, um, and I, I, again, I don't like I don't want to keep talking about oh it was better in our day, but like every like surely objectively everyone has to agree that a more competitive league, a league where even if it is only two teams, but at, you know more likely three or four teams can actually win it, is better. Is a better product. Is better to watch. Is better to talk about. Is better to write about than one where you know the conclusion nine months before the conclusion happens. Like, just for me, that's the the biggest the biggest part of it. But yeah, yeah, I I, I just don't see how City fans can get angry. Like, there's nothing we're saying that's not true. Like, other than maybe the fact that there's only four fans in Ireland, maybe that like, <laughs> like well, that might be I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's in within the margin yeah. of error. Like, so. yeah, yeah, I don't know one. Um, I know, I know, I know of one. So that's one. Um, but yeah, again, like it just comes back around it. Like, really, like, cool. You have a lot of money. You've won league titles. You might win a Champions League someday, but no one else will care. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, so that's. 
Like really, yeah, like, truly. That's yeah, by the time they win, it's going to seem as a car work up there. What? And by the time they win the Champions League, I'll just pretend I don't care anymore. It's it'll have stopped yeah. being funny. It'll have stopped, but it will have stopped being funny and not winning it. It'll just be sad at that stage. So, yeah. Um, I think that'll do us for tonight's pod list. Or anything else you want to hoover up on, or anything you want us? Chelsea won the uh, best two best coaches awards. Uh, Saw that. Mendy, Mendy yeah. won coach of the year. No, Mendy won goalkeeper of the year, but didn't get into the eleven. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, I, I saw someone a, uh, a... quoting the team and saying um, the the FIFA pro or the FIFA the best eleven um, brought to you in association with Garth Crooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a small Egyptian forward omitted from FIFA Pro eleven um, as yeah. well, which. Which was another silly one, like um, and the best player yeah. in women's football was left off the women's team. So <laughs> yes, yes, right. yes. What? Uh, so those and Ronaldo got a special attack. award. Of course he did. You have to make Ronaldo feel yeah. special. Yeah, because um, did he get in the team? I hope I think someone he... shoves it up his hole. He did get <laughs> um, in the team yet? Did he? he did oh, I didn't one. see that. Sorry, um, I missed that. Uh, yeah. The one uh, correct. Um, not one correct, but one of the correct decisions they got uh, was Lewandowski got the best player. So yes, yeah. At least they got that yeah. right. Uh, he should have got the Ballon d'Or as well. Um, He's yes, missed at least two Ballon d'Ors think... that he deserves. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think that'll do us then for for Monday's babble anyway this week. Uh, I think myself and Mud will be back on Thursday depending on where the game goes ahead or not, or what the crack is. I don't know if he does want to do a watch-along. I mean, we'll end up punching each other in the face, um, but we'll see. We'll get chatting to him after this and see. But Folks, thanks for listening um, and tuning into the Babel. Thanks as well for messages and stuff and checking in on us and how we're getting on. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you continue to enjoy it. Uh, check, catch your podcast on across all the podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Podcast Attic. Um, if you're feeling up to it and you want to have supporters, we do still run the Patreon. We do still uh, have a bit of funding going on there and, and everything helps. So if you want to head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the football babble um, and find us there and donate. It's only £1 a month, £12 a year. If you can spare it, it'd be amazing and really help towards us uh, create more content. We were supposed to have Robbie done on last week, but a couple of things happened with myself and obviously with Robbie as well. Robbie uh, works uh, in La Liga uh, over in Spain. He's a journalist over there. So there was the uh, Supercopa semi-finals that he had to work on and a few different things. But we are booked in, myself and Robbie now, for the international break that we talked about in tonight's podcast. That's happening, even though European teams aren't involved. And we're going to sit down and chat all things Liga then. So we'll do another post before then if you want to get your questions in. Um, and then we'll have a... The Liga's been good this year. Going forward. Yeah, it has been good. And, and obviously Robbie wrote the brilliant book on Raya Vallecano and they are up, they were up to fourth. And I think they're sixth now in the league so far, which would be amazing um, for them in the European football game, hopefully next year. So we'll get Robbie on to discuss it and discuss... Well, it'll be good as well to talk about the, the La Liga team's chances in Europe this year and where he thinks possibly Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid will land in the Champions League. Uh, and I think Villarreal too and Sevilla. So yes, that'll all be coming up. Um, 
stay tuned keep an eye out as well for thursday night babble for whenever we can get it recorded myself and mud um, and as always brenton and steve uh, thanks for coming on and everyone else thanks for listening and good luck <laughs>